Hey, what's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today, that is true. <laughs> today on the podcast, we're looking at music from the Data East Corporation. This is going to be fun. Kind of an interesting uh, topic idea. Data East kind of flies under the radar for most people. You know, we've done the you behemoth have your Capcoms companies. and your Konamis yeah, and yeah. Nintendo, Sega, and then way, way miles away is, is An Data episode East. 260, whatever this is. <laughs> we finally get around to Data East. Uh, so what's cool about Data East is uh, they kind of had their heyday in like the late 80s, early 90s, I would say. Made a lot of great arcade games, some console games. Some of the games they made were not the greatest. Um, And definitely when it comes to the music, I will say that it's kind of more hit and miss than you'd expect from someone like Capcom or Konami. They don't have quite that consistent tradition. But there are some wonderful gems uh, that, that you'll find listening to Data East Music. And some things that I've never heard before. So this was kind of a nice discovery for me preparing. And for hopefully all of you, there'll probably be some tracks here that you guys haven't heard before. Well, we have to give a little shout out and thank you to our boy Carlos. Absolutely. Who helped make this episode possible. Yeah, we would not be able to do this episode without Carlos. He actually was a big help in suggesting a lot of the tracks on today's playlist. You know, what if we were to call him live and thank him live <laughs> on the podcast just to embarrass him oh, all the more? Oh, he's not answering? Oh, Okay. He sent us a very mean text. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So, so thanks so much, Carlos, for your help with this playlist. Um, so, yeah, there's some stuff that we've already played on the podcast before. Stuff that we think is kind of classic. Stuff that we definitely don't. So, it'll be a nice mix here. Uh, we should just get into it. There's not really uh, a particular like genre uh, consistency for today. It's not like we're doing like desert music. It's just all over the place. Different systems. Uh, it's all music. All games that were was released by uh, Data East. Dude, what is this track we're playing in with? This is an it's awesome track. Groovy. Yeah, this is from the game called Wolf Fang, and I believe this is the Sega Saturn version. It's an arranged version of BGM One. So you know what's cool? cool? This past week on Underscore, the podcast that I do with Marty, uh, you know, we're talking about Back to the Future, and we just did an episode on all of like the popular songs in it. So like mm. all the Huey Lewis and the news stuff, and so I've been living with a lot of kind of 1980s <laughs> pop songs, and so yeah. hearing this, it. It's almost like, oh, am I on the wrong show? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what's interesting is Data East, I think eventually they went bankrupt uh, like in 2000, early 2000s, Uh-oh. but they started in uh, 1976. So they were kind of some of the early pioneers of arcade games, some really, really early arcade games that were pretty successful, and they had some decent success on the consoles. Yeah. So this is Wolf Fang. And uh, the name of the sound team, kind of the in-house band at Data East, is uh, Gamadelic or Gamadelic, uh, however you want to pronounce that. So some of the titles today that we don't have composer info, uh, that's what we'll be crediting it towards. Is so, there one M or two M's? Uh, one M. So I'm going to say Gama. Gamadelic. Yeah, I think it's a combination of game and... Adelic. <laughs> can we can we explain it a little bit more? I think we should. No, let's move on. So now we're going to move on to an NES game. This is called Metal Max. Now this is metal with a T, right? Metal Max, and the music isn't metal. It is rocking. It is classic video game music. Wait, did you think it was Metal Max? <laughs> like you get a metal. He gets a metal um, at the end of every stage. Music's quite good. This is a battle theme. This is called Battle with the Wanted, and this is composed by Satishi Kadokura. Let's take a listen. 
nice classic NES chip tune to, to start off this episode. Really rocking stuff, super catchy. This is Battle with the Wanted from Metal Max, and this is composed by Satishi Kadokura. It's a Data East game. Well, what do you think about this? There's a track that this reminds me of. I want, I'm wondering if you yeah, feel the same. Yeah, it's reminding me of something, too. Uh, particularly the riff that... Yeah. I feel like not just that classical part, but the very opening. Doesn't that kind of feel like... Is it Double Dragon? Is that the opening of that? It's a yeah, it's a very similar progression mm-hmm. and groove to Double Dragon. Slightly different notes, and I mean, it is an this arpeggio. Is, this is a great track in its own right, though. Well, it has that Dorian mode rock thing that, I mean, we also mm-hmm. hear in a lot of music in the 80s, a lot of like rock music in the 70s, 80s. Uh, that's what's so exciting about game music is it's like a new... It's a new outlet for that kind of energy, yeah. and what I've just enjoyed about the two tracks that we've played so far today is about the two tracks that we played so far today is they really do feel like lost game music gems because I mean they're so melodic and groovy. Get used and to that. It's kind man. of exactly what you want. <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of that today, a lot of gems. Uh, so yeah. So what were you saying that this reminded you of? I'm pretty sure it had to have been that Double Dragon opening. I'm pretty sure ah. that's that's what it was. Uh, the opening riff reminded me of that. Um, so this game, I believe also, you know, a lot of these games for Data East, they were released for the arcade and then ported to a console. And I believe that's the case with Metal Max. I may be conflating that with another game. So we're going to come back to this series. We're actually going to play the, the sequel to this later today. That was for the Super Famicom. So we'll be able to hear the same composer uh, approach this kind of classic video game music on the Super Famicom. So let's move on to the 16-bit era. We'll mo- move on to a game called High Seas Havoc. Have you ever heard of this one, Will? I have not. Okay, High Seas Havoc. Uh, This was composed by uh, a couple of really great composers. We have um, Emi Shimizu, who's a really talented composer. She did some great work um, for this company on on mostly the Genesis, from what I saw, as well as Masaki Iwasaki, who's a name that... That's a name we've heard before. Yeah, very familiar. um, that, That gentleman did work on... Probably my favorite Data East soundtrack, Minnesota Fats Pool Legend, which I know is a Your silly favorite game. just because we're from Minnesota. No, it's just this authentic jazz stuff that is just, it's so great. I have a feeling... It's billiards music. I have totally. a feeling that Iwasaki uh, may have been the one really pushing that authentic, uh, like kind of that authentic jazz sound. So, so anyway, this is very different. Uh, this is kind of a, a swashbuckling soundtrack. We're going to take a listen to a tune called Going on an Adventure from High Seas Havoc for the Genesis. Quality Genesis music right here. You guys are listening to Going on an Adventure from High Seas Havoc, composed by Emi Shimizu and Masaki Iwasaki. A nice team here. 
Um, they, they did a great job with the soundtrack. Uh, really good implementation. Some of these instruments are very pleasing for the Genesis. And you get that wonderful hard panning that is is really intentionally um, effective in this track. You know, you hear a delay or like a call and response line on the left channel and on the right channel and then in the middle. And it's a really exciting use of, uh, of stereo. I think this is a great track. Um, what I like about it is it's kind of a nice departure from what we think of the typical Genesis sound. It's a little bit brighter mm, sure. um, and something more maybe reminiscent of the Super Nintendo. But I think this is a good track. Yeah, it's almost like film music meets rock music, which is well, what so cool. much video game music is like. Uh, particularly the yeah, the rock beat. beat. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that, the beat that is rocking. That whole part that sounds like almost ice cap zony mm. in the left channel. Isn't it uh, crazy? This is the same system as ice cap zone. Yeah, <laughs> it feels so different in some well, ways. I was really reminded of Jerry Goldsmith's theme to Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That was also ah. the theme for uh, TNG: Star Good Trek: call, The Next man. Generation. Ba, 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 mm-hmm. ba, ba, ba. It also uses that Mixolydian kind of. There's color. definitely something swash buckling about Star Trek when you think about it. It's swashbuckling in space, but it's really the same thing. No, totally. It's a ship. In fact, there's like a funny story about that score that before Jerry Goldsmith had written that theme, um, they said that the music was too swashbuckling and oh, they said it sounded now. like sailing ships or something. I would have loved to hear that. <laughs> I know. It's How maybe could lost you throw forever? out uh, anything by Jerry Goldsmith? A He's Jerry a track. Genius. I'd love to hear just like all throwaways from Jerry. It'd still be better than most people's yeah, right. keepers. Unfortunately, Guys, this... he had the bad luck of getting scores you know, thrown out, especially yeah. later in his life, That's which true. is unfortunate. Guys, this is going to be a really fun episode. I'm already having a great time. It's kind of like a laid back, low pressure episode. I mean, like we said, Data East is a company that it's a little bit less high profile. Um, yeah, less maybe you known, could say you could really say underrated. Well constructed yeah. music, you know. Yep. I, I mean, so far there there hasn't been anything here that feels like lesser. Yeah. So, so far, there hasn't been anything here that is not up to snuff. I mean, it's really high caliber. I agree. High energy, very melodic, just great tunes. Yeah, and and I think one of the things is is we wanted to portray Data East, kind of just show the greatest, some of the greatest hits that this company produced. Um, you know, so yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. Let's move on now to an arcade game called Dark Seal. And, um, this is credited to Gameadelic as well. And we're going to play the ending theme. And this is the arcade version. And the name of this track is The New Journey. Let's take a listen. What do you know? Now we have some really authentic Baroque uh, call and response lines here. This is wonderful. You guys are listening to The New Journey, which is the ending theme from Dark Seal for the arcade. A Data East game um, sound team here. We have uh, Game Adelic. This is great. This is not what I expected when I listened to the soundtrack of The New Seal. There were some really cool tracks, but this was one that felt like 
very much a departure. It's much more like specifically classical in a way right. that the rest of the score wasn't. Well, they're even trying to evoke a harpsichord with that FM timbre. And they do a good job, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And the whole delay effect is kind of cool. And mm -hmm. what's great about sounding like a harpsichord is we have like a newer association with it. Um, as being a part of, you know, 60s rock music with the Beatles and everything. Sure, absolutely. And also, when it comes to the Genesis especially, sometimes the line gets blurred between a harpsichord and a clav. So sometimes it's kind of funky, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, totally. And there's a section of this track that goes outside of the Baroque era, and it goes to something... Um, honestly, I know it sounds silly, but it reminds me of Aladdin for the Genesis. Kind of that like sure. really mischievous, kind of devious sound. Well, yeah, the whole A section um, in the, the the principal statement of this piece is very classical. I, I was almost kind of reminded of Mozart, things written in what, what they would call the gallant or gallant <laughs> style of composition. You know, very kind of a, it was a reaction against the Baroque and it was uh, considered to be kind of like pompous music and you right. definitely have some of that oh, energy yeah. in the beginning but as you were mentioning Carl as, as the piece kind of concludes and you have that call and response you do get a little flavors of almost like a, a Bach piece and it's yeah, wonderful. even, even wonderful harmonically writing. it kind of sounds like that but that's what I love when game music is trying to sound classical because Unless it's Jake Kaufman and it's actually like super authentic, <laughs> it's usually um, kind of the impression of classical music. So it's not really just drawing from one composer's influence, which mm -hmm. I think actually kind of helps to, in our mind, you know, close that gap. I think so, too. Well, there you have it, folks. That is Dark Seal. Cool soundtrack. Let's move on to the NES, uh, to a racing game. This is one that I think we've featured on the podcast before. Could have been in our second racing episode. This is Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing. I wonder what Al Unser Jr. is up to right now. <laughs> <laughs> Raking in those royalties from his NES game. Data East did, uh, you know, a decent amount of sports games here and there. What's interesting is the wonderful composer Shogo Sakai, mm. who we featured recently, yeah. uh, got his start at Data East. So he's going to be featured quite a bit today, which is great. Cool. This soundtrack is is by Shogo Sakai, Masaki Iwasaki, again, as well as Yuji Suzuki, who's also a great composer. This is BGMC from Al Unser Jr. <laughs> Now, this is just classic. This is what I think about when I think of NES music. It's rocking, but it's really well composed. It's super airtight. It's very efficient. Uh, it does whatever it needs to do in about 45 seconds. Leaves you with something that, you know, would be very pleasing on loop. You could listen to this five, six times. Um, you're not going to get sick of it. This is Al Unser Jr.'s Turbo Racing, and this was BGMC, composed by Sakai Iwasaki and Suzuki. 
Yeah, you know, it's just great 8-bit writing. I love the way that the melody and harmony are sometimes moving in parallel, and then they sometimes split off and move in contrary motion. Mm -hmm. uh, the melody also, the, the first three or four notes are particularly striking. It feels very constructed and... Ba -da 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 -da. Also, like really that, good use of slides into the notes. Like, the oh, implementation's very expressive. I know when we talk about expression on the NES, it almost feels oxymoronic, but it takes a lot of work to get something to feel like it was maybe performed, right. you know? Well, it, that's another great thing about this track. It feels like the right balance of constructed and also natural. Uh, there, there's parts of the melody that really feel crafted and precise, and yeah. then there's other parts that almost feel, like, improvised. For sure, uh, like a rock guitarist would play yeah. yeah especially on the nes that's really impressive because it, it, it's a very tedious process to implement especially i imagine it was back then so to make something that has like the vet that has the vitality of like a live performance is really an accomplishment well and one of the not reasons to say that this is like pushing boundaries in the technical realm but mm -hmm. it definitely does its job well i think this is in the same musical tradition as something like that opening wolf fang track where it's clearly like a rock track that's played on a lead guitar but what i the reason why we hear maybe stronger melodies on the nes than maybe we heard when they had the technology to record actual guitarists is because they can't rely on the cool factor of hearing a guitar the sound of the guitar the amp the pitch bending the vibrato the actual um you know the, the cool factor of the player themselves they have to just convey that with a melody that feels idiomatic for for rock right so and I think they that's also why. can't rely on complex harmonies mm -hmm. um they could really i guess rely on rhythm but mm -hmm. you know that's a, a very tedious thing to do so you're kind of naturally forced into a situation where i think a a lot of composers were trying to make like pop music for the NES or right. pop music for you know these chiptune sounds for sure and uh, you know when you can't even have lyrics and you can't have a vocal track you need to make the instrumental melody even that more catchy to catch people's attention and yeah, it's yeah. just like a wonderful tradition and I think it's because of the hard work and care of composers that worked back in the 80s and 90s that's why we still see chiptune composers to this day and people still finding some sort of nostalgic connection to those sounds i mean i've said this before but as much as i love the sound of the nes and i love the sound of old japanese computer systems you know i really think it it's the music that draws people to those oh, yeah. sounds and their association because with there's it. plenty of terrible music composed for that system too right and yeah. if that's all we got i don't think we'd have the same kind of affection for it so we're going to move back to the Genesis to a game called Midnight Resistance. And what's interesting is this featured the same group of two composers that worked on another title we're going to get to later. Kind of an infamous title for the podcast, Bad Dudes. This uh -oh. is Azusa Hara and Hiroaka Yoshida. Let's take a listen to Flood of Power from Midnight Resistance. Who's bad?
Cool. You guys are listening to Flood of Power, which is the stage one theme from Midnight Resistance by Data East. This is composed specifically by Azusahara and Hiroaka Yoshida. This is great. Yeah, I was glad to feature a track from Midnight Resistance. It's um, really good. We've played something on a Marcado Radio from this, and then also, I believe, in our most recent listener show and tell, Midnight Resistance made an appearance, so... Lots of things I love about this. I think the melody is great. The chord progression has that inevitable, satisfying quality that so much great VGM has. Uh, it's got the ease bass rhythm, man. Yeah, it, what's so great about that rhythm, it's so dancey. Dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. And the other thing that's great about it, since it has that octave separation, it kind of does that great effect where it's almost imitating two instruments at once. Because you can almost hear it as two parts. You almost hear doom, doom, right. doom, 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 doom. And then you hear dig it, dig it. Dig it, dig it. Almost you can imagine it's like impersonating both a bass and a guitar sure. or something because it's giving you rhythm it's and it's giving dancing. pitch. Yeah, and it just the melody is great. And I love that that counter melody. There's kind of this almost there's kind of a, a more dull, almost PSG sounding yeah, counter melody. Yeah, yeah, really fantastic. Yeah, the good and use certain of points, PSG here. Something more lyrical to sit alongside with the melody. Well, yeah, we've it's just said well it constructed many times before, but there's something so pleasing about the this combination of sounds you get on the Genesis, like the more hard attack, plucky FM tones, right. with the more softer pure uh, PSG tone. Yeah, it just gives you more it's of a variety great. in terms of timbre. Yeah, it's just really, really awesome. Okay, we're going to stay on the Genesis for one more tune and go to our favorite here. This is Minnesota Fats Pool Legend coming to you live from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, if Minnesota Fats is even still alive. He was an actual, uh, kind of, like we said, a pool legend. He was a pool hustler. Uh, on the On the box art for the Genesis, he already looked pretty old at that time, so... Uh, all right, we're going to play a track called Solitude, which is just it just seems like a classic slow jazz ballad here. Once again, the composers for this game, Masaki Iwasaki, Tahai Sato, and Shogo Sakai. Let's take a listen to Solitude. This is masterful jazz writing here. Happens to be on the Sega Genesis, but it really doesn't matter. Great, great melody here. Great part writing. Every single every single note you hear is just right where it needs to be. This is Solitude from Minnesota Fats Pool Legend for the Genesis. Um, this came out for a couple different platforms. I think every release had its own music. I know I found like a Saturn version that was more kind of general MIDI, and that was also cool. This is Misaki Iwasaki. Tahai Sato and Shogo Sakai. 
Gosh, you know, I love this. You know what I love is is this piece has that great kind of video game swing. <laughs> yeah. That's so charming to me. Because, uh, you know, the way that they had to create swing uh, back in the day was it, it was all triplet based, which yep. is a form of swing. But it, it's particularly uh, an, an extreme form. And mm -hmm. what's great about this track is when you get some of the more soloistic lines and there's these very fast passages. Yeah, they break away from that same triplet subdivision and mm -hmm. it's just really cool yeah it really feels like an actual solo yeah, doesn't it playing it's, it's, around that melody i have something a feeling, we keep talking about today of just the the emphasis on that human touch i really think that's iwasaki personally i think he must have just really studied jazz and he he's a heavy cat really because he's a, he's actually having to play and program those jazz solos which are if you actually broke those down those are great solos that are actually implying the chord changes yeah, in a I really agree. nice way um, really cool stuff. So, all right, let's move away from that. We're going to now move on to an NES game. Uh, one of the many picks today from our buddy Carlos. This comes to us from the game Karnov. That's K-A-R-N-O-V. Looks kind of like a Russian name. I'm not sure if it is. Karnov, and this is the, the level theme from Karnov. And the composers we have are uh, Azusahara and Mihoko Ando. Let's take a listen. What a fun track. You guys are listening to the level theme from Karnov, composed by Azusahara and Mihoko Ando. Once again, working for Data East here. Uh, this is so great. It's it's very unique. Um, you know, you have some interesting use of the noise channel with some uh, orchestral snare drum type sounds. That that's what they're going for, rolling on the drums. Really kind of this like odd classical meets like Middle Eastern. Yeah, well, we uh, keep talking really about interesting. the modes today. The, the One of the first tracks we played used the Dorian mode, and then we played another kind of 8-bit track that utilized the Mixolydian mode. What is this, mode. like, this Lydian? this one uses kind of? the Lydian yeah. mode um, in a very scalar way that emphasizes yes. that raised fourth scale degree. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a big part of film music, actually. We did an episode on Underscore a few weeks back just focusing on the Lydian mode specifically. We kind of... We joked that what the Dorian mode is to video games, the Lydian mode is to film music. It's always funny when we hear that in video games. It's, it's a great way to make it feel like film music, right? Yeah, totally. Let's move on to uh, what we alluded to earlier. We're going back to the Metal Max series. Metal Max 2 for the Super Famicom. Same composer uh, as the first game. This is Satoshi Kadokura. And we're going to play a really cool track called Rusted Wilderness. Here we go. Thank you. 
Wow. Really good writing here. This is Rusted Wilderness. This is composed by Satoshi Kadokura for Metal Max 2 for the Super Famicom. This is right up there with some of the the best music, uh, RPG music on this yeah. system. You is know, it the ever? Chrono Triggers, the Final Fantasies. This is just on the nose. Wow. Yeah, it's... It's a very elegantly constructed melody and form. Uh, I, I love how the melody starts with these... It's almost building up momentum like a propeller. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it's like Leading trying to build momentum notes. to have more florid lines. And I also like the internal repetition and then at which points the melody is kind of changed or altered. It feels sort of classical, but just like any great any great melody whether it's in classical music or folk music or pop music it, it just feels very uh thoughtful and and tastefully done yeah, yeah i i really love this it, it's like a nice balance between feeling like score and feeling like i don't know some pre-existing piece from a hundred years well, ago what a nice balance because you have that pop modern drum beat throughout the whole thing right. which keeps and it, it fits totally grooving yeah it's very seamless oh my gosh it's just wonderful writing so that's definitely a hidden gem there underrated soundtrack dun, metal dun, max 2 dun, 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 and what's cool dun. is uh metal max 2 features some themes from the first game that are done on the super famicom so that track we heard battle with the wanted if you're curious you can hear the super famicom arrangement of that and it kind of brings it to life in a in you a know what else way. i love about that track it, it's the perfect balance between between sequence like melodic sequence mm-hmm. and derivations from it you know mm. there's there's plenty parts of that melody that feel very satisfying and predictable in a good way and then there are many points that kind of deviate from that and that's a really hard line to walk as well a composer. the reason why it's hard is because he's actually being authentic to the conventions of classical music sure if you actually look at the part the part writing's really solid so he's not just doing uh, like a really easy, okay, I'll do my impression of classical. Right. He is doing classical music and then choosing when to go outside That's why I that. said it, it's very tasteful. I mean, it's it's an ornamented melody for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, again, it, it's not saccharine or it doesn't feel like it's looking down its nose at any of that kind of music. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm always such a fan of when something is done earnestly with, right. with care. You know, it, it's, it's, this isn't being composed at an arm's length. There's nothing kind of defensive about this piece. It's just unabashed and very pure expression. So far, this might be my favorite track that we've played so far Cool, dude. I might have to agree. Uh, We're going to now move on to an arcade game called Vapor Trail. And Will, are you ready to rock? This is going to be kind of... I am ready to vape. (laughs) We're not going to vape. We're going to rock, which you could do at the same time. This is kind of the same energy we heard playing in with the episode. This is another arranged, cheesy 90s rock uh, rendition of an arcade track. Uh, We have one of the bad dudes himself, Hiroaki Yoshida here, as well as Tatsuya Kiyuchi. This is the title theme arranged version from Vapor Trail.
I gotta say, there's nothing like good old-fashioned rock in your face to get you amped up. I will say one quick thing here. At the day of recording, very sad day for rock fans. Chris Cornell passed away far too soon at the age of 52. One of the most legendary rock vocalists. So uh, Chris is definitely in our thoughts today. And and this is kind of thing that, that he would really enjoy. It's just like in-your-face rock, no holds bar, but it's really well-written. Yeah, uh, I think the melody, melody is really strong. The harmonies are maybe what steal the show for this track. Really good harmonies. It's not exactly what you'd expect. It's not just exactly a third the whole sure. time. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's great. Again, it's very well-crafted uh, because it still feels satisfying. It's not doing anything to kind of subvert what mm-hmm. you would want it to do. But yeah, it's not a paintbrush by any means. No, I can't speak to whether or not the original has that same arrangement and harmony, but I yeah. will speak to this version. I think what Carl is talking about the... Because the melody goes... And it doesn't follow that exactly in parallel. Which makes sense because the chords change. And let's talk about how great a melody is that. Great I mean, that little nugget in and of itself, so much of the power of this entire song just comes from that great little well, yeah. melodic moment. I actually couldn't decide if we should play in with Vapor Trail or Wolf Fang, and the reason why I chose Wolf Fang is because I had a feeling we would talk a lot about the melody of this track, which, yeah, it's it's a great melody, so this is a definitely, also, for me, a hidden gem. I don't know, I love how locked in the rhythm section is mm-hmm. on some of those moments where it's kind of like breaking away from the groove, like those hits, yeah. And this is a moment, I gotta say, you gotta speak to the power of actually having real people in a room right. playing a rock tune together you get this sense of energy that you can't get from an nes or an arcade machine so and it really takes you through a journey you know mm-hmm. it, it's not it doesn't feel like conveniently constructed around just like a 30 second or 40 second loop you know like it, it's 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 something beyond just the simple song form and that's it, a banger. again it's about performance you know I, i'm noticing a lot of through lines with this data east music that performance whether it's improvised or soloistic elements the the aspect of trying to either imitate or capture the sound of real musicians in a mm-hmm. room is a big part of the sound of this corporation yeah absolutely man holy moly all right guys it's now time to move to this week's track of the week Got to give credit to Carlos here for finding this very obscure pick. It could not be more obscure. Could not be more Carlos. It that's true too. At Z on super, Twitter, everybody. Super super good. It's it's just a jam. Uh, I'm gonna try my best to say the name of this. It's a game in the de- a detective series. And the name of the game is. I'm I'm gonna butcher this so bad. Here we go. Tantai Jinjuji Saburu Toki no. Sigiyuku Mama Ni. Yeah, I, I think you said it fine. I just, I, I take issue with your tone. <laughs> and we're going to play track one. There's like no information on this game. All we have to go on is that it's, uh, again, Gameadelic is what we'll credit it to. <laughs> Gameadelic, baby. Groovy. Here we go. This, this is awesome.
just kill me. This is just, this is the gem. This is the jam. It's a jam. It's a gem. It's everything. It's just the best. I have so much love for this track. Carlos was so excited when he found this. He had to kind of scour through these detective game series, and this is the definition of a hidden gem. Holy moly. A hidden gem and a hidden jam. Oh, gosh. This is so catchy and groovy. It has everything going for it. I think the melody is just as beautiful as anything you hear on this system. The implementation is so impressive with having some of those soft attacks and hard attacks, but the groove, you got to talk about just how funky and just comfortable that groove is well and how does that old adage go it don't mean a thing if, if it, it ain't, ain't got, got that, that. What? <laughs> what what is it ain't got oh yeah swing swing this is so freaking swanky i just the, the groove element to this and even that is, ending right there yeah is it's great. unlike any other game track you know it kind of reminds me of you know your favorite guy yusuke yusue ah, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. in terms of how in terms of how specific and intricate the groove is but it's also uh, catchy and really poppy. funky it's yeah. very poppy and yeah. i gotta say give a lot of credit to the implementation it, oh it really goodness. sounds like every single channel is being conceived like an instrument whether it's a specific synth or an actual bass like those moments when those moments when the bass channel kind of uh there's a bass what, solo almost yeah, where it, it goes up to dee -dee 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 yeah it goes up into its high oh, register gosh. and takes this uh, very prominent yeah, there was some, feature there were some specific techniques as far as implementation goes that I don't think I've ever heard on an NES track so the, the other thing that I, I really just admire the chord vocabulary you know we've heard We've heard NES tracks and 8-bit and 16-bit tracks that sound jazzy or maybe evoking an older era, uh, but the specific vocabulary of this track I, I just found very unique. There's a really nice moment where you have kind of like a dominant 5 chord mm -hmm. with a raised 5th scale degree. It makes it kind of this augmented moment. Yeah, super hip. It, it, yeah, it's very hip and it feels also kind of like old-fashioned, a little bit show tuny. Well, there you go, guys. The track of the week this week. That was from Tente Jin Guji. I have a cetera, strong cetera. feeling that will be in that will be a contender for 2017 greatest hits. Well, later on today we have a 2016 greatest hits track too. So, whew. all right, guys, let's move on to Congo's Caper. This is another um, composition by Emmy Shimizu, who did High Seas Havoc. Um, she also is going to come back later in the episode, and she's actually the namesake of the Emmy statue. <laughs> so uh e-m-i here not e-m-m-y um so yeah this is congo's caper for the super nintendo and this is a very fun kind of cliche tropical track uh it has some steel drums in it. it it's a lot of fun it's jungles lakes and hills Thank you. 
What a delightful track. This is Jungles, Lakes, and Hills from Congo's Caper, composed by Emmy Shimizu. This reminds me of like a, a like a modern Mario beach track. Sure. <laughs> Maybe from a spin-off, like a Mario 3D right. Land type of a game. There's a lot of notes. <laughs> there's a lot of but notes. It, it also feels kind of Nintendo-y with those chromatically with those chromatic lines that are harmonized in thirds. It's it's very <laughs> jolly. And the use of the steel drum. So I also jolly. really like the ba 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 those kind of like spaced out triplets. Triplet Latin rhythms. That, yeah, it creates some of those polyrhythms. What a good track. Really I will say when I first started playing it, uh, and I was listening to the soundtrack, I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be by the books, which it is fairly by the books in in the way that it's approached, but there's more to it than meets the eye. Like I left this track like very happy. Yeah, and absolutely. And it, I don't know. Th- there's an element of it that feels very genuine. You know, it, it's it's pretty noty, um, but it, it kind of wins you over because all of that stuff plays into the groove of it. Yeah. And just the overall emotional tone. You, you kind of couldn't take anything out of this track and still have the same effect i think also Mm. we tend to be harder if it's like mario music specifically because then often it comes off as like a cheap imitation of koji kondo uh but something like this also i don't know man i can't say enough about just how charming the super nintendo is sure there's just from the very first second of this track, I was just already on board. I didn't even hear where it was going to go. It feels like, but, in some yeah. ways, the Super Nintendo is is maybe the cutest sounding. Yeah, it really has the ability to system. be the cutest. So adorable. All right, we're now gonna go back to I think this is the NES here for the glory of of Heracles two. First, I thought it was Hercules, but I'm pretty sure it's Heracles two. And this is composed by Shogo Sakai and Masaki Iwasaki. What a dynamite duo. This tune is called Crossing the Sea. It's really great. It's really simple. My favorite thing about it is the very strong groove. The groove here is, is you just, I have to, I have to give one of those to this. Crossing the Sea from the Glory of Heracles 2. Kirby, anyone? This is so Kirby-esque. It's so fitting that Shogo Sakai would eventually work in the Kirby series. Oh my god, this is delightful. That groove is almost the same type of a groove from Ripple Field, the track we play in the Mercado Band. Great melody, very simple. Uh, This is Crossing the Sea from the glory of Heracles 2. Man, and is it ever glorious? (laughs) Witness the glory of this tune. So many of these tracks I keep asking Carl Have we played this before? Because it just feels very familiar Um, The melody, the progression The groove All of it just feels classic I guess it's what you could call a hidden gem I think so far only two tracks That we've played before on the podcast And maybe one more coming up later And it's constructed out of these little motives That are all really catchy You know, things like Da-da-da-da-da Da-da-da-da-da You know Let's go to the arcade. Uh, actually, you know what? This is a port. This is an NES port of an arcade game called Heavy Barrel. We're going to play a track called Perimeter 2. 
And we have the composers again, Shogo Sakai and Masaki Iwasaki, joined by Saichi Hamada and Yuji Suzuki. Heavy Barrel, let's take a listen to Perimeter 2. talking about this is classic nes music right here perimeter 2 from heavy barrel i love this that it's heavy i love that it's written to just be as syncopated and groovy as possible weight yeah. has it, nothing to do with uh, it yeah it's just great yeah that that syncopated line those rhythms are just super funky uh and that riff just this is just classic video game music it happens to be from maybe more of an obscure source than we might expect i right. think this was a decently successful arcade game don't know how many people played the port on nes but have you ever heard of heavy barrel well i haven't oh it, it, right now it's doing one of my favorite effects when you have uh the chorus sound yeah the chorus sound that you get from having two pulse channels um either pulsating at different, <laughs> different duty cycles or, or slightly off pitch with one yeah. another it's a sound i really associate to games like contra or even double dragon uh they like to use they like to use that sound to, I don't know, almost imitate like the snarl of an electric guitar. How cool is that? Okay, let's move on to another Genesis laid-back pool game, shall we? This is actually the original. So Side Pocket was released before Minnesota Fats. I, th- I think Minnesota Fats was, was thought of as like the sequel to Side Pocket. So this was a very successful game for Data East. Uh, this was composed by Emmy Shimizu, actually, um, and she kind of established a really wonderful, authentic jazz sound that the other composers really took and ran with it on Minnesota. So we're going to play a track called Stylin' <laughs> from Side Pocket, and this is a really old-school-sounding jazz track, something that there's moments of it that feel like it could be maybe like a Hal Roach uh, tune. It's old-school jazz here. Let's take a listen. <laughs>
this is just so airtight. I love it. This is Stylin from Side Pocket for the Genesis. All you have here, you have a bass, a melody, and a three-voice, uh, you know, electric piano chord part. And, and those voicings are so tasty and right. just... Uh, really classy. Well, this not is even just great. the voicings, kind of the comping for the mm-hmm. piano chords are classy stuff. Yeah, very thoughtfully placed, and it, it just it has that authentic old school jazz groove to it. Uh, it. It really sounds like a small little jazz combo. It's it's really awesome. I, I like the melody. I really love the progression. Again, just a very again just a very rich chord vocabulary Mm -hmm. we actually get that same moment of an augmented five chord but this time coupled with all kinds of other little sumptuous moments god it's so great yeah i I just i really really enjoy um the type of jazz style that they that the data east composers went for on these two pool games it's very old school i mean a, a big part to me that characterizes that sound is the add six major chord sure uh that almost hey, well, ha- sounds like barbershop quartet music or something i want to ask very you sunshiny permission of something and be totally honest with me we don't have to do this would you be okay with doing an episode called genesis pool jazz or something where we played Pretty much all the tracks from Minnesota Fats, Side Pocket, as well as that Kiss Shot. Remember that other amazing pool jazz soundtrack? Maybe we just played all the tracks from those three games. What are your thoughts? I think it's funny because it's such a specific uh, idea for an episode. Because you know it'd be great. Just be this the whole episode. This is just... I I would love to do that. Maybe I'll do it by myself. Maybe if you come up with a better title, then I'll do it. Okay, I'll, I'll get to work on that. All right, so we're now going to move on to a game that... Oh, this is so funny. The title of this, very ahead of the curve here. Uh, this is Heracles no Aiko, the same series that we played before. The Snap Story. <laughs> That's literally the <laughs> wow. subtitle. That were, is what it all came down In to, In what folks. year was this? Uh, I don't know what year this was. 90s, mid-90s, maybe. Maybe some time travel. No, no, no. It's clear that the, the person who started Snapchat clearly played this game for the Game Boy. This is a Game Boy game, I believe, um, in the Heracles series. We're going to play BGM7, and this was composed by Masaki Iwasaki, Hiromichi Nakamoto, and Saichi Hamada. Here we go. Okay, we're good. Just updated my Snap Story. This is um, from Snap Story. It's BGM7, which is a Game Boy game that's in the same Heracles series that we played. Uh, you know, we played a, The Glory of Heracles 2. I think it's in that same series. This is cool. It, it's a little bit jazzy. This is kind of like jazz meets uh, like graduation music, like commencement music or something. It's Oh, sure. <laughs> It's a little bit more modern and groovy, but it's, it's you know, it's it feels very, like, royal and, like, you know, you did a good job. Kind of reminds me of Hip Tanaka's uh, Super Mario Land score. Interesting. There's, there's one track that has a similar kind of bass line and similar groove, if you could even call it that. 
Yeah, you can. Dun, 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 and I gang, will. Gang, gang, I will gang, call gang, it that. Gang. All right, we're going to keep on uh, the theme of funny titles. We're going to move to an arcade game called Thunder Zone. And it's called Instagram account. <laughs> it's called Tumblr. No, uh, Flickr with, without knee. No, this is uh, Thunder Zone, which isn't that funny, but the name of the track is called And Men Became Fish, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. All right. Men became fish. And I think this might be the ending theme for Thunder Is Zone. Is that like a Bible quote or something? That's Obviously. Weird. It's from the book of Game Adelic. One. Okay. Let's take a listen to End Men Became Fish. This is the jam. Oh my goodness. It's very deceptive because it starts off kind of creepy and then the groove kicks in and it's the funkiest thing I've ever heard. Wow, this is And Men Became Fish from Thunder Zone by Gameadelic. And Will was bringing, uh, you know, reminded me of something that is really cool. One of my favorite bands is Wolfpack and, and they had this video. Jack was breaking down the clav part or clav parts, I should say, to Superstition by Stevie Wonder. And I think he got the the raw sessions, uh, which actually I've heard before too. And basically, the classic riff is two separate clav parts. Right. And one of the ways that that rhythm works really cool in the conjunction with each other is because they're two separate parts. And most people don't play it in the right way. And Jack was breaking it down how to play it. So funky. This this clav part is kind of reminiscent. That very yes yeah, syncopated. Uh, <laughs> really yeah. groovy. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, and and I just I have to mention that recently I had the pleasure of seeing Wolfpack live at First Avenue in Minneapolis, um, which is cool because you know Minneapolis is kind of one of the was one of the beds of like prominent funk music when that started to be popular. The Minneapolis sound is a term uh, that you know Prince and some other musicians established, making Minneapolis like you know on the map. You know, really the the tune Funky Town that's about Minneapolis, so it's kind of fitting that. Um, they really had a special show here. They, they had a, a full horn section, which is not normal for their band. So they really kind of went all out, um, making that a really epic show. So that was probably one of my favorite uh, shows I've ever seen. God, I I can't even imagine. I feel really bad you didn't get to go. Marty was <sighs> able to go with If I me. wasn't locked in the trunk of that car, you know, I would have been there, man. Yep. Duluth is a little too far away for that. Okay. Let's move on to Bad Dudes. We finally, we can't put it off any Who's longer. Bad? These dudes are bad dudes for the NES. This is, like we said, Azusahara and Hiroaka Yoshida. Let's take a listen to. Obviously, we're going to play stage two, which <laughs> opened a is it really big. That obvious? 
it, it opened a big can of worms on this podcast. We had a whole cliche episode. And after that, uh, we kept finding these melodic examples of, of basically the same melody that this was probably the first time it was used. And it was used in the Castlevania series. It was used just all over the place in the Fire Emblem series. I remember Brian Kelly, after that episode, every couple of weeks he would send another track and be like, I found another example of this. It really is all over. It's wild. So stage two from Bad Dudes. so hard i defy you to find another nes track that rocks this hard this is just like right up there with some of the good you know mega man stuff this is stage two from bad dudes kind of reminds me of uh teenage mutant ninja turtles the yeah. first nes game sure with those just power chord harmonies oh that's yeah yeah i love it this is one of the tracks almost out of any nes tune where it's so clear that this is supposed to be like guitars oh, playing yes yeah. and they just no they nail it like it doesn't leave you feeling like oh i wish i could hear this with real instruments because the riff itself is so like rewarding that you just you just enjoy it as it is you know it's just we nes really rock. ought to cover this one in the mercado band i would love band. to do that although we would need to switch to guitars for that you know what's so funny so many of the tracks that we do in that band are guitar i don't want to say obscure but they're definitely not uh they're definitely not you know absolute classics but i still mm-hmm. feel like all the music we play is as good as any famous piece of video game music for sure i mean rockman forte wasn't even originally released in the u.s so that's pretty dang obscure but that's just a yeah we gotta do this favorites. bad dudes one all right <laughs> everyone's been waiting for it bad <laughs> the dudes. best soundtrack yeah right what's the most obscure tune we play probably the lamar has been cursed Bless yeah, you, Mario has been cursed is, is pretty strange. I, I, you could say Dr. Billy, because I wrote that, and that's so pretty obscure. obscure. <laughs> the most obscure thing we play is an original tune that I yeah. just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I've never released it. All right, we're going to... Uh, last track on the playlist here, minus the play out, is Side Pocket GB, which was from our Greatest Hits 2016 episode. I think Carlos brought it in on last listener show and tell. Does that sound right, Will? Sure. It's just this it's just this Game Boy jam. It's so so good. BGM2 and what's interesting is this version of Side Pocket had a totally different soundtrack by a totally different composer. So who we have here is Yasuki Takahama. Let's I think it was listen. actually two uh, show and tells ago because the last one that we did he yeah, had yeah. the track no, of the not week this with year. That. Not this year, but la- last year's. Oh, okay, sure. Right. Here we go. BGM2.
Guys, thanks so much for joining us as we explored the wonderful music that Data East created in their heyday. Are we done already? Really? Can it be? That just flew by. Guys, I I'm so glad that we finally did this episode. I think it was dude, one... Dude, guess what just happened? Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Another instance of that cliche. Even in one episode, in we can't episode. go without that. Uh, it, it's crazy, guys. I mean, I think when I first thought about this, I, I wasn't as excited about it because, you know, I didn't grow up with Data East and some of my initial, um, you know, reactions to Data East music was like, ah, there's okay stuff. Um, but there's just, there's just some amazing stuff well, And there. it's not a company that, <laughs> it's not a company that just screams classic, you know, Data right. East. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a company for like VGM heads and, and nerds will definitely know Data East and, you know, think of them highly. So, so or great rather stuff. knowing these, uh, these specific soundtracks, what's fun mm -hmm. about focusing on a company like Data East is really, it's just an excuse to lump together all of these different soundtracks. Sure. Um, because there probably wouldn't be any other episode topic where we would focus on all of these absolutely guys okay so we're gonna play you out with another track from minnesota fats pool legend i had to do it this is this is uh the fine draw which is a very relaxing way to play you yeah, out carl and keep thinking about a name for that episode topic. i will i'm willing to do it okay that's just a little too on the nose for okay me. got it I, I will definitely do that all right Back guys to work <laughs> thanks to all of our patrons for supporting us if you're curious, you can check out our Patreon page. Uh, you can support us there, and we have some cool rewards. Thanks to everyone for leaving iTunes reviews. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, and we've been posting a lot of, this year, uh, a lot of really cool Mercado Band videos. Uh, we're kind of done for that for, for, for a short while while we kind of regroup and, and figure some other tunes out. Um, but we recently even had that album, Live from the Lair, which is on our Bandcamp page. You can check that out, as well as, well as all of our original music. I'm actually working on finishing up uh, an original chiptune album that I'll be putting out pretty soon here this summer. So uh, look forward to that. And, uh, you know, we always have other projects that we're working on. One more shout out to Will and Marty's uh, brother podcast, uh, Marcado Brothers Network underscore. Yeah, underscore one word with the kind of camel casing. So the, the U and the S are both capitalized, but it's one Will word. and Marty had a really exciting, mind boggling thing happen to them. And in the past few days, you want to share that, Will? Well, yeah, we did an episode on the main theme to Back to the Future, and we got a comment from uh, Miss Sandra Silvestri, the <laughs> wife of Alan Silvestri, composer of Back to the Future and Forrest Gump Crazy. and the Avengers. It, it was just insane. And she said that uh, her and Al listened to it over breakfast. And then Alan actually sent us this really nice, gracious email. It was yeah, getting an email. Definitely a highlight. <laughs> yeah, of getting an email from Alan weeks. Silvestri. It's tough to beat that. You guys should yeah. quit while you're ahead at this point. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was kind goodness. of. It, it was. Next time, it was a mixture of exciting and terrifying. Next episode is Jurassic Park. You get an email, johnwilliams at gmail .com. Hey guys, <laughs> dope app. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll play you out with this uh, Minnesota Fats track. Um, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that every track you heard today was incredibly influenced by the Beach Boys. All right, my name is Carl Brueggemann. Oh, and I think we need to have a little moment of silence for Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, R.I.P. You are a legend, and we love you dearly. All right, guys, uh, we'll talk to you next week. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.